It was so inspiring, and I am for sure going to go to the Dreamwalk Fashion Show. I need to go. 100%. I think, honestly, for a lot of people nowadays, whether you recognize it or not, but because social media is so prevalent in our lives, so many people struggle with body image and feeling the sense of body inclusivity, and that's that's essentially their mission, and they just it's so inspiring and there's both of them are just so fun too like they're so fun to have a conversation with I love their dynamic and everything so it was just a great conversation yeah you guys are gonna have to meet them in person Lexi came to my soiree so every month when we're um, not in quarantine I have a really amazing dinner of epic women that I invite and Lexi the way that she came I Everybody comes with fun flair is the dress code. And Lexi came in just the cutest, most awesome fun flair outfit ever. You guys are going to love them so much when you meet them in person. But honestly, everybody who listens is going to fall in love with Lexi and Alice from this podcast because they radiate light from everything that they do. Couldn't agree more. And I can't wait for everyone to listen to it. So let's get into this episode. Welcome, everyone, to the Flourish We Grow Together podcast. This is Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Flourish Coworking Space and Dean Street Law. Flourish is a lush, sustainable, and inspiring space to co-work and host events in Westchester, PA, and now brought to you virtually with the We Grow Together podcast. I'm also here with my co-hosts who introduce themselves. Hello, everyone. This is Lindsay DeFrancesco, the co-founder of Flourish. And I am Casey Fluharty, the community manager of Flourish. And today we are so, so excited to be talking with Lexi and Alice Gaffiti. They are such incredible boss women, boss entrepreneurs, and they have so much going. We're going to be talking about bite-sized fitness and Dreamwalk fashion show, but I'm going to let them do their introduction because I want them to share their story. So why don't you guys take the floor? Thanks so much, Laura. I'm Alice, and then I'm here with my sister. Hey! (laughs) Thank you for having us on today's podcast. That was a pretty great introduction. The two of us have been working together for probably uh, half a decade now. Um, We went to different colleges, and Lexi's an accountant. I'm a pharmacist, so we did not pursue entrepreneurship as a major or anything like that. We sort of just fell into it. Um, We found that our passions really drove our purpose in life and that we wanted to find a way to make sure they were instilled in our day-to-day lives, which is how we started with Bite Size Fitness when we were in college. And then um, that sort of morphed into an even bigger mission of body inclusivity and really giving everyone the chance to be seen and heard um, in today's world. So that's really what we're trying to accomplish now with our DreamWalk fashion show. Yes. I love that. I'm so proud of you too. Like before we get into things, I just want to say that you guys – 
you, your mom, your family, like you guys just make my heart happy. Like there is so much good radiating out of you two. And it's so evident just from like one one bite-sized conversation initially with Lexi. And I'm just so in awe and I'm so happy to have you guys on the podcast. Aw, thank you so much. Yeah, we just try and spread light and joy to everyone we see because life's too short to be anything but nice and kind. And you never know what someone else is going through or what their story is. So it's like, why don't you just always approach something with a positive attitude and, and kindness? And I feel like it goes a long way. I love that. And body inclusivity is something that's very popular now that people are starting to talk about more. But you guys have been talking about it for a while, and it's been such a big part of your mission for so long. And you've been doing Dreamwalk Fashion Show for several years now. So can you talk about how you guys started the conversation of body inclusivity? What gave you the courage to start talking about it? Yes. So just like probably a lot of other women out in the world, Alice and I love the Victoria's Secret fashion show because of the glamour of the entertainment, the fun, the fashion. And we watch it every year, to be honest. This year, no, because there was no, yeah. no fashion show. <laughs> but um, we usually dress up, watch TV with our mom or friends. And one year in 2016, we were sitting on the couch watching this show. And I kind of looked at Alice and I was like, you know what? why don't we create our own fashion show and include people of all sizes? Because we know we'll never be able to get on their stage one day. Yeah, I think we had a very aha moment when we were sitting on the couch that night because we were very much into fitness still. We were big competitors. We ran a lot. And at that point, we were in really good shape and yet looked nothing like anyone on the runway. And it kind of had like a mental impact on us. And we thought, you know, if we don't feel good about ourselves right now, then there has to be millions of other people who's seeing this image of one shape, one size is having a negative impact on people's, you know, mental health. And we really wanted to to put a stop to it. And that's why we started working that year on creating this body inclusive fashion show. I think that it's so powerful. And I think especially in a world where social media is so prevalent, there's always this comparison trap. And especially with the Victoria's Secret fashion show where essentially you are watching the same exact girl go down the runway 30 different times because they all look the same. They all have that same exact body type and that's not your average body type, you know? And it's not even a healthy body type for the majority of people. You know, not all of us are meant to have small frames. I mean, I always think of Serena Williams. She's one of the greatest athletes of all time. Could you imagine if she was the size of a Victoria's Secret, you know, fashion show model? That's just not her body. She's this strong, you know, very full-sized woman who is an incredible, one of the top athletes of all time. Exactly. And I think that that's what's so amazing about it, too, is that you bring so many different women from so many different backgrounds and it gives them that like we're being courageous and we have the courage right now to like step into who we are. So like share that with us. Um, I'm curious, like what the response was immediately when you started the fashion show and what are some of the responses that you've got from it? Yeah, so it was 
this was back in 2017 we decided to have the first show yeah. and Alice and I we kind of did it in a small suburb in South Jersey and it was only about 50 family and friends we didn't sell tickets um, we found 20 dreamers by I was sliding into people's DMs <laughs> and asking if they wanted to be a part of a body inclusive show and we met ma- mainly everyone that day or yeah. somewhere like family and friends that walked and from there, we made a recap video and we released that in October. Yeah, we, we just basically and made a YouTube video and launched that. And from that video, it was like wildfire caught on. <laughs> yeah, um, Yahoo, AOL, once they picked it up, I think it hit like 40 million views for on uh, social media. So it just went out of the park and it was all very positive. Yeah feedback from other people usually get a lot of negative but it was all just like we need to see this or thank you for doing something for other people that don't just look like you so it was it was a a windstorm and then we were getting applications from all over the world yeah so people from africa people from england people from brazil wanted to be in the show and we're like we're just a small place in south jersey that's having a fashion show so then from there we knew we needed to continue this on and we still had our regular jobs and we were just making it work. And then we had another show in 2018 in Philadelphia and that one grew significantly. Like, significantly. <laughs> so we went from a small studio in South Jersey to and 20 dreamers to having over 65 dreamers. We had three live bands play during the, the Dreamwalk fashion show. So it, it really felt like Victoria's Secret. But instead of this like one size fits all look, it was this beautiful sight of so many different peoples of, of all ages, you know, sizes, genders, ethnicities, um, races, you know, abilities. It was just this awesome inspirational night. Everyone was so positive and we were able to touch so many more people in person. And that was really a, a an even stronger aha moment to to have that huge event and have so many people from all different walks of life come together and just everyone be so happy that that kind of event existed. And then from Philly, we moved to New York yeah. <laughs> last year. Um, we pitched to Live Nation and we kind of worked with them on the Gramercy, Gramercy Theater in Manhattan. So we sold out their Gramercy Theater and um, it was wild. I mean, New York's another scale. It was kind of during fashion week in yep. September and it was just so much fun again. People were crying, cheering. It's just like a big room. It's a big event and it's just everyone supporting everyone, which is really really hard to find these days. Even audience members don't know the dreamers. It's not a celebrity up there you're cheering for, but it's a person who's overcome cancer or it's a person who lost their dad or their mom and you're just like cheering them on. So. Or it's a mom with her stretch marks and she's out in a bikini for the first time, <laughs> you know, since she had a baby and you just you hear their stories and you you become like their biggest fan when they're on stage, basically. That sounds incredible. Oh my gosh. And I just love that the response was so overwhelming and positive because I really truly feel like, you know, that's what people want to see. You know, they want to be able to connect with something and that's not the Victoria's Secret fashion show. So I can wholeheartedly see this becoming the new, you know, improved Victoria's Secret fashion (laughs) show, if you will. Um, I'm curious. I mean, you guys kind of went from something, a very small operation to huge. What was that production process like? Did you have to bring on a team? 
Can you speak a little yeah, on that? Yeah, it's a great question. And and I know we, we briefly mentioned that I'm a pharmacist and Lexi is an accountant. I didn't get to take any electives on how to uh, run a live <laughs> event, how to manage people, <laughs> how to, how to you know, edit videos and email marketing campaigns and social media marketing and reaching out to media. Like that is just a whole nother animal in and of itself. So for us, we, we really started at, I think, like zero. If you could start negatively, I would probably say we started negatively. Yeah, for media, I was looking on LinkedIn for people who were like um, journalists and stuff. I was looking at like, even in magazines, there when people still read magazines, there's a page that has all the editors, like what they do lifestyle. And I'd look at that page and I'd find their Instagram and I'd see if they had an email and I'd reach out. And it's just like, you, you figure it out because there's no other option. We can't pay people to do things. So it's like you're going to YouTube how you create a marketing campaign. Or you're going to be on the phone with um, Wix all day to figure out how to build your website. You kind of just do it. Yeah. For, for us, it was very um, boots on the ground. Uh, we, we unfortunately didn't have, you know, the financial means. So Lexi and I self-funded the first event because it's very hard when you have a new idea uh, to, to pitch that to big brands because they're they're used to, you know, the tried and true, like the, they love the events that have been around forever and they know what their return's going to be and they know who's going to be there. They're a lot less likely to take a risk on a new event. So we actually um, self-funded the whole thing from the beginning and we decided that we were going to put our sweat equity into it and really, you know, learn every aspect of it basically ourselves for the first two years, um, which I actually think has been a really good process because yeah. I think that sometimes when you you grow too fast and you put a team right on, you maybe don't understand like the in- intricacies of your business. And I think that we, we have such a good take on every single part of it because we've been so we've been the ones creating it. But there's also a time where you need to branch out. So we have some people sending emails yep. and we have some people managing hair and makeup because we have about 20 hair and 20 makeup artists that come and do hair and makeup for free that day. So we have like a lead hair and artist. So our team is definitely expanding and it's just close friends who also believe in this message and want to give back to people because it's really, I mean, yes, we're working on it all year long, but it's also like one day that these people come and they help out and stuff like that. So everyone generally is like for it, gung ho and yep. let's help out. So you definitely, you definitely need to know how to do it all yourself. And then you need to bring people on slowly who understand you're not going to get paid 50 grand to be on our team. It's more like you believe that this can be something in the future. I love that. And I feel like that's such a big part of entrepreneurship too, is, you know, maybe you don't know how to do everything in the beginning, but you're learning as you go. Um, I'm also just curious what you feel like your biggest challenge was, you know, starting out and going from something smaller to big so quickly. Yeah, I think that although we had a lot of success, we also had a ton of people say no. And I think that when you're trying to grow and and people don't see that vision, it can be really disheartening. I think when when you're you believe so wholeheartedly that every single person needs to walk this runway and like every <laughs> single media outlet needs to be covering this, and you can't get through to someone and you don't have that connection and you don't have you know that established reputation. I think that was one of the biggest challenges or, or one of the biggest things that we just had to mentally change. Like we had to get more comfortable with that new normal. Yeah. In regards to sponsorship, you mean like financial sponsorship, um, everyone creates their sponsor packet. Everyone, (laughs) I mean, we've worked on this. We, I feel like sometimes you waste too much energy on things. Once you see it's not 
going to happen or it might happen, but it's like, you know what, stop forcing yourself to the negativity. And why don't you just go out and invest your money? Like how we invested our money because we believe in it. So if we keep believing it, who needs those people? You know, I mean, they will come once they see what it's like. So it's like, you can't just go down. Like if we get a no or sorry, not today, it's like, all right, cool. You're missing out. We know we have a good product. So we're just going to keep going. Definitely. And then it's almost like, you know, the universes just aren't aligned for us. It's just not a good match. And you guys need to attract people who are lifting you up, not who you feel like you're fighting for and trying to prove yourself for. Absolutely. And I'm sure you guys have been in similar situations, you know, on your end where you really want something to happen and it doesn't. And sometimes I think you you, you blame yourself or you say, well, I could have done this better. Or I should have done that. And sometimes it's it's not anything you did. It's just not the right time. You know, it's not the right place or it's not the right partnership for that year. But I, I truly believe there's going to be a lot of things that come back around for us that just are doors that weren't opened at the right time that will open. Definitely. And I love the approach that you guys take that like, we just need to keep on doing what we're doing. Um, I think that I've said this before with Case and Laura before, but I'm like, we just need to keep on creating value and creating value and the people will come like when it's meant to be like, we just need to keep, keep going on doing what we're doing and it'll all happen, you know? Yes, absolutely. And it's kind of just like, you get a lot of feedback and people give you feedback and you always, you don't take it as a, these people hate us. They, yeah. they're the wrong. Um, I'm perfectly right. We, Alice and I love to learn. And yes. we also, we love to take what people, cause we're not the smartest person in the room. Yep. You know, never, and we love to admit that we're not yeah. the smartest and we love to learn from people that know more <laughs> than us. So you always have to go into an open mind, even if it's a little harsh or it's a little critical. Okay. But they're maybe this big wig or maybe they're coming from a, like we have people from all over like this, this, people, we have people with health issues. So there's always different wording as well that you're supposed to use that are politically correct that people don't know. So we learn by just experiencing and coming in contact with so many different people. There's a lot of different things you can learn and you take from it. I totally understand that. I think coming from a humble place and always seeking to learn will always serve you well because no matter how much anybody learns, there will always be so much more to learn. That's the you know, that's the beauty of the universe that we live in is that there's such a wealth of information and so much easy access to that information. And to go back to sort of that dichotomy that we were talking about where you have the sense that one, I want to reach out to everybody and share this with as many people as I can and then facing resistance and then getting to the point where you feel like you're pushing a rock uphill. Where do you guys sort of, what's your mentality with that? And how do you sort of determine at what point you've shared enough and you just want to let people find you? Or what point do you sort of determine, you know, things should be not easier, but like things should flow better? Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I I mean, for us, there is one thing that comes to mind over anything else. And it's 
sponsorship. I think that sponsorship is someone when you when you say I have an event, guess what everyone tells you? Oh my god, you should get sponsors. Oh, you should get that sponsor. Oh, did you reach out to this person? They definitely want to sponsor you. And and it's, it's not the reality. It's no. So nice. Not gonna get sponsors <laughs> it's so nice that people think that everyone's just going to open up their checkbook and everyone's going to absolutely love your event and and even though I can see the alignment and I can see why someone says, you know, Target, you should go talk to Target. It's like, okay, but but they don't understand the process of trying to talk to Target. Like, first of all, I had to figure out, we had to figure out all the intricacies of like, well, who actually does this at Target? It's such a big brand that you don't even know where to start on who to talk to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for us, sponsorships was something that for the first you know year and a half was like our number one goal because we were an event and we thought we needed sponsors in order to be a successful event. And we put a lot I mean, like an exorbitant amount of energy into creating the best deck, reaching out to every brand, pitching as many people as possible, finding emails, finding emails, looking up emails, responding, you know, follow up emails after somebody doesn't respond to you. This person says, well, this is the better contact or we don't have this money, but maybe try this person. And it was just this web of effort and it kept leading to the same place. And we finally, you know, looked at each other and said, why do we keep doing this? If we can have the event and we can find a way for it to at least break even without this battle of sponsors, that's a win for us because that gives us so much energy and time back for us to be able to create content, for us to be able to you know make marketing campaigns and to interact with our community and to create resources for our community. So that's, I think, the, the rock up the hill that we were just, we were trying so hard that once we finally said, you know what? Let the sponsors come to us at this point. Let's just do what we do best. And eventually, we believe it's going to work out. And we have saved so much time and energy. Yeah. And also on that point for sponsors too, like say someone does give you $20,000, then they have a big say in what goes on in your production. Like you kind of, you're not giving them equity, but you're giving them a say. So like if they want their logo blasted on the whole building, like that might have to go. But like right now with our control of us just investing our own money and just generating revenue, it's like we have to say, and I'm so thankful we still do because I think that's what makes our events so unique is we can have a whole pre-show area with pop-up walls that are 10 foot with live angel wings. And it doesn't have to have a logo of someone blasted all over the angel wings. It's it's our project that people just get to experience the true natural beauty of it. Yeah. And we'll eventually find a sponsor that weaves in seamlessly, but it's really nice to not have to force that agenda because I think Lexi hit the, hit the nail on the head. When you start, you know, giving away sponsorships because you're so desperate for that influx of cash, you start to give away your brand image. And for us, for DreamWalk, our brand image is our equity and it is such a great message. And we have spent so much time crafting it that we love where it is right now. Oh, that's so cool. And you gave us a peek into what it's like to attend the Dreamwalk Fashion Show, but can you share more about what it's like to be a dreamer and what it's like to attend the Dreamwalk Fashion Show? Yes. Yeah, so I'll start with the event. So everyone <laughs> close your eyes. Sparkles <laughs> and rainbows now. So basically our event, when you walk in the door, there are balloons everywhere, rainbow balloons, sparkles. And we have, it's like a big foyer area inside a big warehouse. And there's different stations, like 10 different stations. And 
like the first one you would come to is a Philly pretzel wall. So it's white with pink Philly. There's flowers on the sides and heart-shaped pretzels hanging all over the wall, like a donut <laughs> wall. And you get to take your picture in front of them. You get to take one home with you. And then there's de- different installs. We have t- um, rainbow, 10-foot rainbow wings that you can stand in front of and get your picture. So they're like, you get to be a dreamer that day too. Even if you're not in the show, you still get your own picture with cool rainbow wings. And just tons of different activities the guests can experience for free. Um, so they also feel like they're a part of it. And then you would walk into another room and it's a big, big stage showroom. There's a big stage, a runway, um, up to a thousand guests. So yeah, it's going to be a big show. And then we just have the show starts. We have performers. We have three different live performers that come on. And then the dreamers come on based on color category. And we share, before they walk, we share a small clip of each one of their stories. So you kind of get to know them before they come out. And then it just goes wild. And and Lexi's downplaying uh, the way that those stories are shared. Basically, what happens is the whole audience cries every time one of the video montages comes up because it's just such a beautiful thing to see um, so many people's stories. And, and our, our producer always does an excellent job sort of meshing it all together and creating this like one cohesive message from people of all walks of life. And I think that for the dreamer experience, what's so unique and so special about it is they are the star, right? Like there is no celebrity. There is no somebody else that people are coming for. They're coming to see the dreamers. They're coming to hear their stories and to see them on stage. And I think for a lot of people, these are people that haven't had that chance in the past or felt like they don't deserve that chance. And it's a very transformative day. Um, We start by giving everyone free hair and makeup um, to make sure that they get to feel special And then um, they'll also get to do some workshops. So that's something new we're doing this year is we're helping our dreamers with some just like motivational workshops, some networking opportunities, just to make it like a fully transformative day. And then the last thing is obviously the, the culmination of walking the runway and having their stories shared. And we also have like professional photographers there. You know, there's something about getting a picture of you on stage where you look like, like, it looks like Getty images. (laughs) And it just makes your day um, when you're the person walking the runway. And for costumes, that's our fashion show isn't focused on the designer. It's more focused on the person. So every person gets to create a costume based on a color that we give them, and they get to make whatever they want. So if they don't want to wear a little skimpy lingerie, they could wear a bodysuit. Or they could wear a long dress, or they could wear sparkles, or they could wear whatever they want. Or if they want to go dark, they go dark. So it's kind of they use their own individuality and uniqueness to create their costume and what they feel comfortable in. That is so cool. And truly, the images are absolutely stunning. And everybody looks so incredible walking the stage. And you can just see the beauty emanating from them and their happiness. And if you guys haven't checked out Dreamwalk Fashion Show on Instagram, I highly recommend that you do and on YouTube too because, I mean, the power that you feel just seeing the images of each of the dreamers walking the stage is so inspiring just in and of itself. And I honestly think too because I I can imagine myself attending something like this – And whereas like when I watch the fashion show from Victoria's Secret, 
I would always leave that being feeling like so crappy about myself, about my body. And I think that like even me and Casey used to be on the phone sometimes and be like, okay, should I watch this? Or should like for my own mental health, should I not watch this? Because it's going to make me feel like crap afterwards. But, um, But I think that it's so amazing because as someone who's attending that, it leaves you feeling so much more confident and inspired than feeling like shit about yourself. It's so true. And and what we really want to hit home to people and what a lot of people say, like when they experience whether in their show or when they're whether they're in the show or not in the show, they say you leave with a different perspective of life when you leave the fashion show because you see what other people are going through. And yeah, you might have been late to the show or yeah, you might have had a flat tire. But how does that compare to someone who has lost their leg to cancer, you know, or someone who's living currently with a chronic disease and they have to go to the hospital every day to get a infusion uh, or, yeah, or whatever. Like something crazy. Yeah. It, it, it really changes your perspective on things and it really does make you appreciate. And I think it just makes you a better person. I mean, I truly believe that one of the things that's missing right now is, is what the gap that DreamWalk fills, which is an event that brings people together. You know, we have these great events for like the LGBTQ community or, you know, for people with disabilities, but what we don't really do a great job at is including people. Even there's events just for women. There's a lot of events just for women, but then where does that leave someone who's transgendered or genderqueer or, you know, it's just a guy that wants to walk a runway. Um, so I think that what is so beautiful about DreamWalk is it's it's finally bringing people together instead of trying to, to niche people apart. I That's love them. That's so incredible. And I also love that your mom walks the fashion show as well. If you haven't met their mom, she's like literally the sweetest angel. So like bubbly and outgoing and supportive. And she loves you guys so much. How did she get involved? And can you share more about her story and role in Dreamwalk Fashion Show? Yeah, our our mom is basically like our hero. And I I think our inspiration from everything pretty much comes from her. I think just, you know, our initial love of like everything that our brand is loud, fashion, fun, you know, sparkly, that all comes from our mom. She's like the queen bee, I think, and, and has always just encourage us to be different and and to never sort of blend in and to always, you know, be strong and be ourselves and be confident. And that's a lot of the things that we're trying to instill, you know, through our social medias and through DreamWalk Fashion Show, we had that positive role model. And I think that unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that champion um, growing up. And it really puts you at a deficit if you don't have that person in your corner and that person cheering from you. And for our mom, she's always been our cheerleader. And when she walks on stage, she always says, you know, I'm representing the old people that are still, <laughs> that still got it. <laughs> and we're like, we know, mom, you got it. Yeah, she's uh, 63. Yeah, she'll be 63 this year. So she, she's, she's like, I am going to walk that runway and make sure that everyone knows that you can be old and you can be fabulous. So that's always sort of her uh, take on the runway. And I love her confidence because I think that there are a lot of people that are her age that don't feel confident 
comfortable enough. You know, they grew up in a different era than than what, you know, they didn't have body positivity and body <laughs> inclusivity and, and crazy runways. So I think it, it does take a lot of courage. And I think she's a really good role model for, for mothers, especially because um, we find that with our show, a lot of people kind of lose themselves when they have children. And she's really done a good job of not only raising children, but also, you know, really coming into her own and, and being her own self. I love that. And I love that your mom is such a big part of it. And I love that you guys, you know, work so closely with your family too. I know you guys had touched on it a little bit, but I'm curious, this is such fulfilling work that you guys are doing. And it really just is honestly so life-changing. I really want to come to the fashion show. I'm curious, like what your favorite moment has been? Have there been like a favorite story from one of the dreamers? Oh my gosh, you definitely have to come. Um, (laughs) Yes, I need to. September, we're doing it. So we were supposed to have it in May, but because of quarantine or COVID, we got pushed to September, but we were already going to have one in September. So now we're doing a back-to-back show. So we're doing one Saturday, September 26th, and Sunday, September 27th in Philadelphia. So it's two different shows, two sets of dreamers, two performers. So you will get it all. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, definitely coming. And then I'd say for a favorite moment, um, there's there's honestly so many, but I think that there's a, a general like favorite thing that happens. And for us, it's the day after the fashion show when we're absolutely exhausted oh, yeah. um, and like still trying to recover. But then you go on social media and you look at your phone and you have text messages, emails, and you read the posts and you really read the captions. Like I never read captions as much as I do dreamers the day after the weeks after a fashion show because they completely pour out their hearts and you are just so fulfilled to have to know that you had a role in a transformation or you know you had a role in making someone's year or making someone's life in some situations. Oh, that's so incredible. And so many of the stories are so inspiring too. I love that you share them on stage before they walk. That must just empower them and make them feel so good and light them up before they go on stage. Yes. And then we also share the story on social media because other people out there, they that if they have the same, if they have lupus and they see one of our dreamers has lupus, they're like, oh my God, she's up there and can do it. I'm going to apply for the next one so I can do it. That like, just happened like yeah. yesterday. We had um, the first of our dreamer webinar series and and someone was saying that they found Julie, one of our former dreamers through the fashion show. And she had this individual had recently gotten a cancer diagnosis and knew that Julie had beat cancer and was a dreamer. And she reached out to her and you know Julie was able to offer that support. So it's really great to be able to create this network for people that, you know, have already experienced it and have overcome something so that when you're the one and you feel like you're alone and there's no one you can talk to, you can come to our page and you can probably find someone that you relate with. That's so special. I love that. What's one of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced aside from sponsorship (laughs) uh, in putting together the Dreamwalk fashion show and just maybe in your own journey that you've had so far? Yeah, I think that right now we're trying to find a, a good way to to grow the event, um, which obviously anytime you grow something, you also grow expenses and you you grow time and you there's a lot of things that go into trying to grow, but we have such a demand for the fashion show, like for this 
previous one where we were going to have the event in May, we only posted it once on Instagram and Facebook and we got 500 plus applications and only 100 people can walk right now per show. Um, So you can just see that those numbers don't work out. Our goal is to accept as many people as possible and to always like, you know, give people the chance. So for us, we really want to be able to have more events. And I think that doing this Dreamer Weekend is a great next step for that. But how do we, you know, get to other parts of the world, right? So for, for some people, it's prohibitive to travel to the East Coast because they live in you know, California or Seattle, and it would require, you know, a flight across the country. So is there a way for us to hit some other major cities and make it more accessible to different people? I was just going to say, I was like, the next step has to be to make this a nationwide event and then to make it an international event. Yeah, we had um, someone before COVID actually happened. We've had someone in the past, we have a lot of people come from Canada to participate in the event. We had someone actually fly from the UK to be in the show um, for the New York Fashion Week one. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, because they pay for their expenses. So we can't afford that. So they're they're looking at our event as like, this is something I have to do. It's Mm -hmm. it's a event that's on my bucket list. So they pay themselves to get there yeah so that was really cool to have someone come from the uk but like lexi's we've got so honestly we, so we sometimes have to take our dms put them into google translator and then respond oh, yeah. because we have people from parts of the world you know speaking their native tongues that were like lexi what does this mean so yeah. we, we've literally taken a dm put it into google translator and they then had to that. respond to people they appreciate it though oh my god i love that That is not a bad problem to have. I think that's awesome. It just means that your message is spreading even further. I would love to know because you guys also have bite-sized fitness. And um, I'd love if you could tell the audience a little bit about bite-sized fitness and how that kind of fits in, how that started up right before the um, DreamWalk Fashion Show actually did. Yeah, so we started the brand Bite Size Fitness. I actually started it in college when I was on an elliptical. Um, I wanted to start, so I was a pharmacy student. So I was taking like 20 plus credits. And I noticed that a lot of my friends and colleagues, you know, at that time were unhealthy. They were stressed out. They didn't know how to find a balance. And Instagram at that point really only had one or two things. It had models and it had like fitness competitors or fitness trainers, but it didn't have people sharing relatable, you know, healthy tips. So I was on the elliptical and I was like, I really want to start sharing tips, but I don't want to be Alice Caffiti because first of all, no one even knows how to say my name. So that's a horrible brand. (laughs) Um, So I I created the alter ego of Bite Size Fitness. And then it just worked out so perfectly because we kind of became this little bite size family of tiny humans. Bite size because you're (laughs) five foot yes and it's 411 I'm like five foot two yeah and mom's like five foot two also so we're we're not very I mean it's funny because when people meet us they're like oh you guys really are tiny and we're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um that brand started back when we were in college and uh we had done our our goal really was just to to let people know you can find a balance and to share tips on how to do that so right now we offer um an online um at home workout guide, a gym workout guide. And I created um, this idea of a meal plan algorithm because I think everyone thinks healthy eating is so hard, but it's really just taking protein, fats, and carbs and combining them, you know, based on your size and when you work out. So I think that we make it a lot harder than it has to be. And a lot of people stress themselves out over, you know, workouts and, and healthy eating where it doesn't have to be that hard and it doesn't have to be something that consumes your life. Um, Lexi and I work way too much and 
don't get to the gym as often as we want, but we can still find a way to do healthy habits. And for us now, it's like a little bit more of like mindset or making sure yeah. we get enough sleep. So those are the kinds of things that we wanted to to help with bite size fitness and to make it more accessible and to give people something to look towards when you can't be at the gym all the time, or you are a full-time mom, or you are a college student, or you are busy, <laughs> like most people are. Yeah, and I love how you have something that's very specialized, because I I can just tell that you guys obviously think of health and fitness in a very mindful way, and not in like your standard like crash diet We all need to like be doing this exact one thing and look this exact one way. So I think that that's amazing. That's an awesome way for people to get into fitness. Starting in fitness really helped us because we did like that stuff at first. You know, we ate only chicken and broccoli and we tried, you know, we did one show because we thought that would be like a cool thing to do. And then we were like, why does anyone do this? I mean, mentally... And physically, it's just not a good thing to get into. And I think that being fitness first taught us about, you know, the importance of balance and the the importance of like mental health as well as physical health. And I think that a lot of people talk about people's physical health and how they look. But if you don't have the confidence in yourself, if you don't have the mental stuff first, it's really hard to change the physical. And I think with our fashion show, it gives a lot of people the confidence they need and just the mental reassurance that they need in order to become better versions of themselves. And usually that leads to better physical fitness. I think that that's such powerful advice. And so many women especially struggle with you know body positivity and feeling good in their skin. And I think you guys do such a great job with Bite Size Fitness and the Dreamwalk Fashion Show to you know make it inclusive and available to everyone. What advice would you give, you know, for people or women who are struggling with body positivity and their body image? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of advice. (laughs) I think the first thing is you have to realize that you are good enough. All the things you're saying to yourself, I mean, you're alive. That should be, you're breathing, you're waking up in the morning because other people aren't. Then you need to like look in the mirror and sit. I mean, Stand there, look in the mirror and be like, list out all the things that are wrong with you, like that you think are wrong with you. And then you need to go through them and then go through them with someone, your boyfriend, your husband, your girlfriend, your sister, and just be like, I think this is wrong. Is it? Or you know what I mean? You, like, you need that. We, we actually, we, we got this from someone that was in our Dream Out Fashion Show and she actually talked about it yesterday when she was diagnosed with cancer and she went on chemotherapy. She was excited because she thought she would get skinnier and instead <laughs> it had the opposite effect and she gained a lot of weight. And she actually, her husband told her to stand in front of the mirror and she first listed off all the things she didn't like and then she listed off all the things she loved and then she just clung to the things she loved and that's what gave her the confidence to get out of sweatpants and to start, you know, embracing who she is now. So I think that it's a it's a internal you thing first and then you need to be nicer to yourself and if you have people that aren't nice to you, you also need to remove them. That's step 2. It, it's first, you know, figure yourself out and then it's make sure your environment is the right environment because, you know, if you feel good but then you are in an abusive relationship or you are dealing with people that tell you you're ugly, it's not going to matter what story you tell yourself when you wake up in the morning. So I would say that our biggest advice is, you know, work on yourself first and and getting, you know, that appreciation and getting rid of that negative self-talk and then making sure your environment is one that that sets you up for, for mental and physical success. Heck yes. 
That is great advice. I literally want to just stand in front of my <laughs> mirror right now and tell myself all of the things that I love about myself so I can just cling to all of them and just, I, it, it empowers you. It truly does. <laughs> I hope you did it. Good morning. <laughs> can I ask a behind the scenes question in, term, in terms of, I feel like you guys have so much consistency. I feel like, and that's just what I perceive. I see you guys on social media. I see you both working a lot of hours outside of your full-time jobs to push this, to breathe life and energy into Dreamwalk Fashion Show and Bite Size Fitness. And I feel like there's so much consistency around it. So two-part question, what tools or recommendations do you have to help people be consistent with those big commitments outside of their normal work and environment? And then two, do you guys face burnout or exhaustion with what you're doing and how do you recalibrate from that? Absolutely. So for the first part of the question, I think that the most important thing and the reason that we're so easily able to be consistent in an absolutely insane schedule is because it's genuine. So if you're putting out content, if you're doing things that align, your brand aligns with who you truly are as a person, it becomes a lot easier to, to maintain. I think that what becomes hard for people is when you're trying to be the expert on something that you're not familiar with, or you're trying to create a business that you don't understand or for an audience that you're not actually meant to be speaking to. And I think for us, we've always started with our most genuine and like honest self. And that's what we've tried to shape our brand off of. So it, it seems silly. But if you think about what you're doing every day right now, if that doesn't align with who you are at your core, then you should pivot right now. Because if not, you're just going to get burned out. And then Lexi, you can take what what you're what you usually do to to aid with burnout. Yeah, well, I definitely got burned out from my old job when I was yep. an accountant. I hated going to work, and I'm like, why am I like? I know I shouldn't be here, but like you, you kind of think you're supposed to be there, or that was your dream, and that's what you do. But then you got to come to realization that you only live life once, and it could be over tomorrow. So like, why are you doing something you hate? if there's a way you can do something you love by changing things around. So I quit my job in the summer and I started bartending. And yeah, it's like you have a college degree and you're a bartender, but I'm not ashamed of that because I was still making more than I was making there, only working on the weekend. So I have so much time during the week. And then that's where I could put all my energy into Dream All because I was coming home after a nine to five, Ugh. burnout, staying up till one, then waking up at 5 a.m. to go to Philly. And it's like, it's exhausting. Like I didn't even remember driving. I had <laughs> eye patches under my eyes. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And, and I did hit burnout. And I was like, I just, I can't do this anymore. So then Alice was like, you're not who you are. Like yeah. I kind of lost myself. I was like still going, but it's like, I'm not happy. So then once I left, I, I feel like a million bucks now. Like I wake up at eight instead of five and I that extra sleep just makes me so happy. And then only going into work on the weekends. Yes, I work long hours and I'm up late, but it's like, I'm just going to grind. I'm going to make my money that I would have made during a whole 40 hour week in two days and I'm good to go. So it's like when you face burnout, sometimes you just got to stop. Yep. And you got to stop doing and whatever. Yeah. And talk to someone, talk to your best friend or, and if you don't have someone to talk to, reach out to someone else or call some, call us. Yeah. Honestly, call <laughs> us. Send us a DM. You got to just stop and you can't keep going with what you're doing because it will never work and it won't get better nope. unless you change what you're doing. 
Lexi, I love that you said that you talked about how you were an accountant and then you switched over to being a bartender and switching over to be a bartender is like, should I do this? Like I should probably be an accountant because I just got my college degree, but this is what I want to do. And I feel like so many people are stuck in this mindset that like society says that we should do one thing when our hearts are telling us that we want to do another thing. Absolutely. I was, I was in that spot and I think, I haven't done a post about it yet, but I'm getting ready to soon. Um, I think you have to share it. So someone sees me, they see this girl who was so successful or whatever and went to school is pretty, all this stuff. And then they're like, she should be some big high up or whatnot. And I was like, yeah, I'm just a bartender right now because I have another passion of entrepreneurship that I'm working on because I know that will be bigger. And it's like just being honest with people. Like you shouldn't be ashamed of your story no matter what it is because it'll get you somewhere. It's like you got to just take these steps and go at them just face forward. Don't hide it behind the scenes. Just be honest with people. Yes, I'm a bartender. Yes, I did go to school. Yes, I have a wonderful boyfriend and family, but this is what I have to do right now for me to get where I want to be. A hundred percent. And I feel like it goes back to like what Alice said, how you guys can be so consistent because you're not focusing on all the shoulds. It's all like the, what you want to do. So instead of focusing on what you should be doing, that's not what it's about. It's more about what you genuinely are passionate about and what you genuinely want to do. And then that breeds consistency because you want to show up and you want to do it and you want to be there. Exactly. Absolutely. Nailed it. Do you guys have a resource that you use every day, whether that be like a book or not even every day, but a book or a podcast or a practice that you think has really helped drive you to where you are today? Yeah. I, I don't know if we have a, a one individual resource. Make a list, though. We should. But I think what it is, is <laughs> we try and, and find something every day, right? Or every month or every year. So like for me, podcasts were a huge thing when they first came out. And I tried to absorb as much as I possibly could. And then I also found like Audible. And then I started listening to a lot of like Audible books. And then I also, you know, Lexi shared a, what was that book that you write down? Your Intentions Every Moon? Oh, like, yeah. Every new moon, you write down 10 things that you want to, like, you hope to come true or positive things you hope to see. Because we're not very, like, we weren't very spiritual, like, into the moon and the, all that <laughs> stuff. But now we're we're focusing on mindset right now. And lot. manifestation. So yes. that's our current thing. So a lot of the things we're doing around right now is about positive thoughts thoughts and manifestation because we're super hard workers, but sometimes we are too hard on ourselves in the process. So we need to just be better at that positive, um, talk. So one of the things we're trying to do is check each other where if, you know, Lexi's saying something negative, I'm like, eh, stop that. And vice versa. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's so nice that you two have each other to be accountable accountable to one another. Yes. Wait, I actually wanted to ask you guys, what is like the dynamic between you two before before we end the podcast? I want to know like, because sometimes it's like, are you guys both the creatives? Is one of them like the creative and the other one's the businessy? That's a great question. Yeah, that is a good question. I'm definitely more of the business strategy. I'm very OCD. You know, like I I graduated pharmacy school with like a 3.9 GPA. I'm just like very like goal oriented and like, Holy cow. yeah, like it's, <laughs> right. it's just like, I'm a book person. I'm a strategy person. I like retain everything I consume. 
And I think what's nice is that Lexi is more of the like, (laughs) like 45 minutes later, I'm like, what did you accomplish? And she's like, oh, here, let me send you an article I read because she just like goes down rabbit holes. I am the creative for sure. I have, well, Alice is very creative too, but like, I'll just text Alice and be like, let's make colored toilet paper. So like, like, oh my God, I love that. That's so funny. I have the, she's like, well, what about the germs? And what about, it's not um, safe or whatever. Yeah. I'll I'll be like, um, well, you can't use this, like set, like this product or this chemical or whatever. So like, like, well, I'll just add it to my book. Cause I have a little book where I write down all my ideas that I ever have had. Um, so it's just random stuff. One was like a blow up porter potty. Cause I saw a drunk person like being next to our car. It's like, just blow up a tent and pee in there and then we googled it and it exists so like you know like there's um i would say that our dynamic is also sometimes explosive um my (laughs) our fiance sometimes get a kick out of like if we're at like our if we're at my house and lexi and i like we'll start screaming at each other but like in a like loving way and kyle just like sits there eats his popcorn and just like watches it unfold but like then you never go you never leave a day mad at someone yeah that's that's one of our things too like i don't think i've ever hold a grudge for alice over than like a few hours we just call each other a bitch and then move on yeah <laughs> and my mom will be like all right all right now she's right this way and you're right this way so let's figure out a yeah solution. we have a bite-sized mom mediator to help out when extreme situations arise oh, sometimes it's necessary especially when you work with your family it's like we're <laughs> we, we all need each other to hold it together Absolutely. Yes. So yeah. yeah, so I think that we both have unique qual like we're very similar and we always are on the same page from like a vision and value standpoint. I think that we just get there in unique ways. And it's good that you have each other for the yin and the yang too. And by the way, I have been so into moons and manifestations and mindset too. So I am all in with you guys in that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Woo-hoo. We're all in it together. I love that. Well, you guys are so much fun. And this is such an awesome conversation. And I think there was a lot of really good value that was brought from this. I'd love if you guys told the audience where we can find you, where they can check out um, DreamWalk and Bite Size Fitness. Yes, it was so great speaking with you. I feel like Alice and I haven't had a chance to really just let everything out. We definitely did here. So thank you for that. And um, you can find this is Lexi at at Bite Size Sis on Instagram. And then Alice is at Bite Sized Fitness. And you can find the DreamWalk website, www.dreamwalkfashionshow.com. And their Instagram is at Dreamwalk Fashion Show. We will be opening applications for our Sunday show. So if you wanted to be a dreamer, anyone listening, there we'll be opening it sometime mid-May. So and you you can already pop in your email if you're interested, and we'll uh, we'll be following up with anyone. So if you go to the website, you click on the apply tab, pop in your email, and then we'll have you all set up for the the Sunday show. So you heard it first. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love it. Well, everybody, if you could please send them a DM, you know, comment on their latest posts, just share what you loved about the episode, send them some love, share about Dreamwalk Fashion Show, and what are the two dates again so that everybody can show up and support you guys? Oh, it's Saturday, September 26th, and Sunday, September 27th in Philadelphia. Love it. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you for having Thank you guys. Have a good night. Thanks so much, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much, everybody, for joining for this week's We Grow Together podcast. This is Laura DeFrancesco. You can find me at Laura M. DeFrancesco on Instagram and TikTok and follow Flourish at Flourish Westchester. And if you guys want to follow me, Lindsay, I'm at Sweet Green Soul. She has literally the best vegan recipes and best recipes ever. Her, her page is drool worthy facts everyone go check it out and you can follow me at casey flu on instagram casey has all the travel inspo i mean she takes a trip to like i don't even know not that far away in pennsylvania or something and goes in a teepee for a vacation and then you can also follow all of her travels to italy and everything so definitely follow casey as well and we have a giveaway that we're doing where if you rate, subscribe, and review the podcast, which we would appreciate so, so much from the bottom of our hearts, you'll be entered to win a free month at Flourish and access to our workshops, including the social media workshops and the money management workshop and a bunch of other goodies. And we have a winner for each episode. So each episode, there's a winner that we announce as a huge thank you to all of you for your support. Yes. And we're going to have to figure out when we want to stop doing the giveaway because this is, or no. Oh my gosh, never. No. After a year, we'll have 52 winners. After two years, we'll have 104 winners. After three years, we'll have 156, I think. I'm not very good at math on the spot, but. No, that was impressive, Laura. Wow. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. But never, we are never going to stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a huge thank you that we can give back. That'll be 156 people after three years who have received a month free to come visit us at Flourish. And by that time, maybe we'll have even more goodies that we're able to give you more access to more workshops. So as a huge thank you for all of your support, we so appreciate it. And we hope you have an amazing day. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. sister company. I'm Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Dean Street Law. It's a corporate law firm that helps you with everything corporate law and has tons of free resources and guides on our website that you can find everything from protecting your company from liability, forming a startup and the different types of entities all the way to intellectual property and social media. So if you'd like some free information on the legal aspects of your business, head over to deanstreetlaw.com and you can also find us on Instagram at Dean Street Law. We provide a lot of free information and always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks guys.